What is up, good people? Hope everyone's doing great out there. Thanks for tuning in to Cracking the Code today. On the show today, I have a new friend, another new friend. I keep mating, m- making friends on this show, and I, I love it. Um, not mating. I hope I'm not mating with him. But anyway, today we have uh, Dylan Blake on. Uh, Dylan Blake created a company called Festi Heads, where he builds and constructs festival helmets for people to wear decoratively some of them light up some of them just have really cool uh, patterns and designs on them most of them are in the style of the helmet that the music producer and dj marshmallow wears but he also has other variations as well so dylan is just he's a super smart guy really genuine awesome human and i just i just as soon as we started talking we just couldn't stop like both of us are very talkative people. So, um, yeah, actually this episode starts different than a lot of other ones because we just go right into it. Typically I have a, a bit of a, an intro there and we just, as soon as we got in the space, we started talking and I didn't want to interrupt the flow. So I just started the recording and I introduced it that way. So anyway, um, after we have a couple uh, ads here real quick, we're going to get right into the episode. So Thanks again, and here is Dylan Blake with Festy Heads. First, I got like these little arms came it was like an amazon kit and i had these other mics that were like i just got these in so i'm really excited to use them because they they already sound like nicer but the other ones they just didn't sound super great it was like 80 bucks for one whole kit so it came with like you know some cables whatever but i don't know i would say everything i have here is probably like 500 or less see that's that's so so cool to me because 20 years ago you had to have you'd be NBC basically to have a conversation with someone that could reach people Mm -hmm. and even then you could only reach people that were within radio range of you basically and you couldn't listen on demand and now I think podcasts have kind of democratized how the internet in general has kind of democratized how the um, how content can be distributed yeah. And one thing I've learned through Festy Heads is you, if you're good at, there, there's a niche for everything. If you can think of it, there's some, there's probably someone on YouTube or, or has a website or something that like, there's, they're the person for that thing. And <clears throat> the example I always use is the, the people that, uh, there's people that play video games that make six figures a year. Yeah. Sometimes seven figures a year, and they're playing games that I'm. I consider myself to be, you know, I'm a little bit of. A, I used to be a huge gamer, not so much anymore. But I say kind of. But like, they're games that I've never heard of. Yeah. And I think the internet is great for that. There's some downsides to everyone being able to have a voice. Um, I wish there was like some kind of, some kind of, uh, like barrier. Yeah, filter <laughs> like of just, some sort. Just, but like the only filter out like the mo- absolute worst like voices. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and just kinda like quarantine them over to their own internet where they can have their little um 
thing but yeah uh, the annoying ones yeah there's the super loud people that are they're just mad about <laughs> yeah. everything or the troll people that go online yeah and say just they get their whole thing from being mean to people i've had people send me kill yourself tweets like these Jeez. are the dumbest things i've ever seen and and it's it's really bizarre to me that people get offended over the kind of music that you listen to yeah it seems like a very subjective art i mean like i'm not a i'm not the biggest fan of florida georgia line but if i see <laughs> someone if i see someone wearing a florida georgia line shirt on the street i don't walk up to them and be, and be like fuck you yeah like is that okay to say <laughs> oh totally okay, okay. and um, i would too dude this is so funny you say that because um the night before my first time ever attending a Bonnaroo, because the first time I went to Bonnaroo was working at it with Fuse TV. And then I was like, I'm not going to miss any moment because I had to miss um, uh, Paul McCartney. So I had to drive the newscasters back to the hotel. So I had to leave that set. I was so sad. I was so yeah, mad. Yeah. But anyway, so um, uh, the night before I was going to go attend the first time for the Two days prior, I was working on a Florida Georgia Line music video. I was working on uh, <laughs> this video called Dirt. And, yeah, um, that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a catchy song. Right. I mean, I, uh, they, I worked CMA Fest one year. Uh, I was like doing a parking, being a parking lot attendant, but um, they played and they seemed like they were genuinely like happy to be playing. They were like, thank you guys so much for supporting us, all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, they're up there playing in front of people, whether they you know, are there because some record label put them there. They had to get the record label to notice them. Right. You know, there, there's... Somehow. <laughs> people don't get to be that big without being talented. Yeah. Uh, or being good at either, you know, being good at something. And, I mean, Electric Forest, the first year I made wore a helmet. Um, the first helmet I ever made, actually. First cool one I ever made. Um, <clears throat> first night or second night, I can't remember walking through the the forest and this guy comes up and he goes hey man nice marshmallow helmet i was like thanks and he goes not really fuck marshmallow wow. i was like i was like uh okay i was like i'm sorry i haven't seen bass nectar like 47 times yeah. but i've seen him a bunch of times and i like bass nectar like it's crazy you can actually like more than you know you can have two different tastes in music and yeah. like different things. I didn't say any of this to him in the moment. Of course, right. I spent a week thinking about it. But <laughs> and then he walks off into the forest talking about how marshmallow is soft and marshmallow isn't the way and like all this other stuff. And and it was just bizarre that that you would go, you'd be in a place like Electric Forest, which is such a beautiful place. I mean, forest is one of my favorite festivals it used to Same. be my favorite for favorite festival lost yeah. sense has kind of taken that and and i know you're not supposed to let this kind of stuff affect you but it kind of does like every year i've been to forest since i've worn helmets people it's the only festival i've ever been to where people multiple people have been like rude outright rude to me <laughs> and i make an effort like i don't stand at the front when i'm wearing a helmet mm -hmm. i stand toward the back i always ask people behind me if it's if it's okay for me to wear it yeah you know i and if if they say it's not okay i say okay i'll move mm -hmm. i don't want to you know ruin your experience because it's i'm kind of tall anyway and like i feel bad when people behind me can't see and when i'm wearing mm -hmm. a trash can on my head they really can't see so <laughs> but most people are like oh that's really cool especially like the led ones it's just yeah. part of the show mm -hmm. i think but i understand why people feel differently um but to be in a place like that and 
even have the thought to be like that to someone to someone that because they like a different musical artist than you like what the hell but then to like carry that line of thought all the way through going up to the person and like saying fuck you fuck that fuck the artist you like (laughs) and then like running off in the forest and scream screaming like a lunatic into the forest is just i i can't I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. And I guess it's because I'm not that kind of person, but it just, that that kind of stuff would happen, stuff on Twitter would happen, and I used to engage with those people like a like an idiot. I would engage with the people, because I'd be like, look, I I just I just like this artist. Why can't I like this artist? I'm right. not going to say anything about you. But eventually I realized that it's not worth it. That person's there not going to change their mind. The best thing to do is either be like, if you're going to reply to them, be nice to them, because then they look like an asshole and you, they don't, you're not going down to their level or the best thing to do is just ignore them and be like, okay, well I'm going to block you or just, just ignore it. Cause yeah. blocking, if you block them, then they get some satisfaction out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just, the thing is I remember those isolated incidents, but like as far as, the 99.999% of other people that have interacted because of with the because of festy heads have been amazing. Yeah. Most people are say things, you know, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is incredible. That's it always makes me laugh when people say that like at festivals I'll show them, I'll take it off and let them try it on. That's always a cool moment. And, yeah. Um <laughs> they uh people be like this is so cool, man. This is incredible. And like, all right. It's a it's essentially a cylinder with some a hard zip tied to it. It's nothing incredible. The thing that you're taking the picture of it on, that's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you took one of these helmets back sixty years and be like, look at this thing, they would it they'd be like, okay, this is weird. What's it made of? Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) because plastic, I mean, plastic was a thing, but the kind of plastic I used was you couldn't get it for you know a couple cents. the, your phone is connected to literally all of the knowledge that yeah. human, humanity has ever recorded, essentially. Um, you can talk to someone on the other side of the planet, have a face-to-face, not a face-to-face conversation, but be looking at their face when you're talking to them. Media, it's got a calculator, it's got a map of the world that speaks to you. Yeah. <laughs> like all, of this, all of these things on their own are amazing, and this you bought it for 500 bucks. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it is cool when people people compliment uh this stuff that i do it's kind of hard to to um, react to it react to it yeah. because you know i i don't want to i try to stay as humble about it as possible um but i think you can kind of go too far in that and yeah. it kind of like messes my confidence somehow but um overall the the vast majority of people have been really cool and that's how i think that's how life is honestly i think I most agree. people are cool and there's a few people that are not cool and it's the reason they're not cool is because they're sad and they're sad about themselves about mm-hmm. something that's happened to them and so they not everyone reacts to things in the best way dude but, if only everybody could just view it all like that 
we'd yeah. be fine. We yeah. wouldn't have the conflict. You yeah, know, if really everybody would. treated conflict like, oh, I'm just going to step away from it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be Zen. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. Then like things would just be way more peaceful. Yeah. Everybody is so reactionary and everybody's yeah. looking for like, like that person who came up to you and said that is like the equivalent of a person who in the middle of a peaceful protest is going to like throw a rock through a window exactly. to steal something. Exactly. Because it, it, it brings that, it gets attention, eyes on them. And it also elicits a reaction. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why you would want someone to hate you. <laughs> um, unless, I guess unless you hate yourself. And that's like the only emotion you could feel toward wow. yourself. But I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm not like Zen about, I, I definitely, when that stuff happens to me, I internalize it. <laughs> and I spend way too much time thinking about why would this person do this thing? And it's gotten, I've gotten better about it. Mm -hmm. A lot better about it. Um, and I mean, part of the reason I didn't really know how to handle it was because when I started Festy Heads, when I built my first helmet, it wasn't supposed to turn into Festy Heads. It was going to be, uh, this was, I had too much time on my hands, basically. And I wanted to occupy my mind. And one helmet turned into four helmets. Marshmallow retweeted a picture of those four helmets. And then it blew up into this thing. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me that across, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, there's, I have like a hundred thousand people that have clicked the follow button. And ultimately that stuff is meaningless. I don't, you know, the reason I care about follower count is because that means that's how I can get my product and message out there. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not like on my personal Instagram account, I can have two followers. I don't, I don't care because it doesn't mm. matter. Right. <laughs> At yeah. the end of the day, it, Instagram, they're all fake. Instagram, mm -hmm. you have people, everyone's posting their best picture of themselves. Um, and, you know, some people edit those, you edit the picture to make it look better, write, write the colors, make it look more, you know, Appealing. it's your highlight reel, basically. Yeah. And you're comparing yourself with other people's highlight reels. And um, that's that can be really dangerous. I mean, I've I've caught myself being in that kind of feedback loop where like, oh, this person's having a great time, you know, why, why am I not having fun right now? And then I look at my Instagram feed and I'm sure people, you know, see me going to 13 festivals in a year and be like, oh, he's having the best time, you know, having right. his life. And I was, I'm always having a really good time, but it's not like I didn't have problems. Yeah. And I was, it's the same across the board. Yeah. And, but if you, I struggle really hard with this, with Festieds being, uh, figuring out how much to share because i don't want to act like yeah there is nothing wrong like everything's perfect mm -hmm. like i value like when i see a pro like a company or a person like elon musk i like how he is not some like everything is run through like a, a filter and like yeah. you're getting what he's thinking is what he's what he's uh what he's saying is what he's thinking mm -hmm. um for better for better or for worse i mean <laughs> uh but at the same time, you don't want to share too much because it can be a bummer. Yeah. And I want my profiles to be a place where, um, you know, where it's not like everything I post brings people up. Yeah. So that's, that, that's kind of letting them be into trouble with, not trouble, but I've had tried to figure out how do I, you know, when something happens in the world that I disagree with, like the mm. George Floyd thing mm -hmm. is a you know prime example. That was objectively horrible. And but it's like, do I want to 
address it because I feel like I need to use my platform for to bring voices I see to, what you, mean. you know bring attention to it or do I give people an escape from it yeah by not posting about it because everything about mm. you know everything on the internet for like two weeks was about that mm-hmm. and it just it makes the whole I mean it was obviously horrible and it's representative of a problem that our country has and has had for a long time and it needs to be fixed but um I think it wasn't the only thing that was happening in the world at that moment. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that need attention. And if you, if you're paying, if you pay attention to every bad thing that happens in the world and I don't, I mean this, I don't mean it like that, but I catch myself reading the news too much and Mm -hmm. the news is (laughs) depressing. I mean, they, 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 I mean, studies have shown that people respond to negative stuff more because that's mm-hmm. just how we're wired. We're wired to look at the thing that's to that's causing a problem. But it's the world isn't all bad. I mean, there's right. good people in the world, and most people are good. But yeah, it's just navigating that kind of minefield was was and just watching people. You'd see people getting canceled for not saying anything. Right, you'd see people getting canceled for saying something, but saying the wrong. Th- it's like being in support, but mm-hmm. saying it the wrong way. Yeah, and you know, I, I, one of the, I, I actually, I posted the, I posted my thing about it. I posted the black square. I didn't use a hashtag or anything like that, but I posted a little thing about how, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is. We need this movement. This mm-hmm. is this this happens too much. It ha- the fact that it happens at all is right. absolutely unacceptable. Um, but after that, I took like three weeks off from the internet because mm-hmm. it, it was, I was just like, you know, this is, this is like, <laughs> it's depressing. And I don't want to somehow say the wrong thing and have, have people come after me when I'm completely in support of, right. You know, and, and it's weird. It's like this kind of, uh, this like clawing to the top like it even if your intention is good it seems like somebody does not mind grabbing you and yanking you down below them just so they can try to get to the top crabs in a bucket yeah it's annoying because it's like so that my position on it was that i felt like um you know i have the same position as you on it but for me i was like well i'm not the one that needs to be outraged and because of like where i'm at with it I can separate myself and I can be the one in the back that's calm and I can help in whatever way. But it's like, you know, the people got pushed and they reacted and this was going to happen, you know, Mm but uh, by and large, like some of the most intelligent things I've heard said about it are often black people who are saying, you know what, let us speak up, let us take care of it and you guys be peaceful and you all don't be starting riots and stupid stuff and don't even run your mouth about it. Just be a better person and and stay out of the way. And like, that's what I've been trying to do. And like, you know, I'm not going to try to find every single instance to try to, you know, David and Goliath, somebody in the street over something like this, because it's like, I can do better by letting the warriors and champions speak out and then just being a support person along the way. That was exactly, that was one of the other things that was my thinking behind just going, going silent was, I was like, I'm not qualified to speak on this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the experience. I, I can put myself in someone's shoes to a degree, but I can't, I can't experience what it's like to be 
a black person in America because I'm not a right. black person in America. Same. But I can recognize that there are serious, serious issues that we have um, on that issue. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't qualified to speak on it, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, for one thing I feel like I am qualified to speak on is like the Confederate flag. I'm from my I'm from Tennessee. My parents are from Alabama and North Carolina. Like uh, my family's been in the South for as far back as I can remember. Um, I believe that someone in my family actually died fighting for the Confederacy. The f- Confederate flag, burn them all. Yeah. They put them in a museum so we know museum. That's that, it. <laughs> that that can happen. We need to have history. We need yeah. to know that that kind of thing that that people can get to the point where they take take up arms against literally family members over over an issue. We need to understand the power of hatred and how how that can destroy a society. Mm-hmm. But you know, I put they don't. We don't need to be flying it from the state capitol. Yeah, because whether whether you believe it represents hate or doesn't represent hate. It represents hatred to a lot of the significant portion of the population. Yeah. And, you know, when I grew up, it really, it generally wasn't seen. I didn't, I wasn't taught that it was that I was taught that it was Southern pride. Right. And it's, it's, it's not Southern pride. I mean, it's, it's, it's being proud about the wrong parts of the South. Yeah. And if I need to pick another symbol, for Southern Pride, whether it's know, Jack Daniels or, or whatever, right. <laughs> like it's pretty close one already. <laughs> I, I that's fine. I, yeah. That that kind of the past needs to be remembered, but we don't need to keep this wound open. We need to we need to try to heal it so we can move on and deal with things that you know that are problems of today. Yeah. We don't need to be rehashing fights we had in the 1860s. We need Can you to imagine if Germany had like maintained the position of the Nazi flag, yeah. like in their yeah. country? Like, yeah. I mean, the they, they banned. They outright. You can go to jail for flying. And I don't yeah. necessarily know if. I think you should be. If you want to fly the idiot flag, go for it. Right. I, it's all it signals to me is that to avoid that person. Yeah. I mean, they they probably believe it for you know they had some stuff happen in their life and or they were just you know or not you know haven't met the right people right but yeah i'm not gonna be that person yeah that's gonna be like i'm gonna i'm gonna fix them i'm just gonna be like oh you have you're flying the american flag and the confederate flag on your truck you realize that those two things can't go together yeah, at yeah. All. <laughs> like how how I it's see like that. flying the american flag next to the the british flag too <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or like i mean the 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 nazi it's it's yeah and it is a whether you know like i said i had a family member that according to the history the family history that my grandfather did fought for the confederacy but at the end of the day the confederacy was a rebellion against the united states and yeah. they they said we're not part of this we're not part of this anymore and we're going to become our own thing and we're going to go to war with you we're going to try to kill you and they didn't win so <laughs> so there so you go there so put go. your flag so down your flag, you lost go visit a museum <laughs> where you can have proper context mm-hmm. where you can, you know, where you can see it next to a monument of, of African-American soldiers that died yeah. fighting for the Confederacy or fighting for the union. Um, and let's just, let's contextualize things and then let's, let's continue the, you know, forward 
march of humanity because i think that yeah. we need that we don't need to be going backwards i agree going backwards right now we're i mean we were talking about this earlier and it's just been on my mind so much lately just like the divisiveness and like we all know that like in all the movies where like the aliens come or the nuclear threat whatever it is everyone has to unify and right now it doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere near and without an outside threat I don't know what the hell is going to unify us. But what's crazy is we have the outside threat. We have like multiple outside threats. COVID's a pretty damn good one. (laughs) Climate change is an outside threat. COVID, Mm -hmm. how that became politicized is beyond me. I mean, the the rise of artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. uh, was something that Andrew Yang really harped on and kind of brought to my attention was what happens when everything is, or 70% of, of jobs can be done by a machine. Right. Because it's, you know, it's labor. And that's and that, to me, is also a reiteration of the fact that we are not machinery. Like, what can we do that machines cannot do? Mm-hmm. We can create. Mm-hmm. We can feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just the way that we connect with each other. Like, all of those things. That's what's important, you know. But the machines aren't going to stop no. and, and wait for that. They're no. going to take all our jobs. No. And, I mean, I think that's... I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think that being a cashier... You know, I worked at a liquor store in college, and that job can be done by a computer, should be done by a computer, because mm-hmm. I'm a human being and I have a brain that can, I, I can, there's, I like to think that I have more value than, than collecting money and then handing back change. Right. A computer program can do that. Yeah. Um, it feels like a lot of jobs we have today are just kind of like busy work jobs. And, <clears throat> I mean... Not not necessarily busy work, but just work that is just you're not thinking at all. And sometimes it's good to to do that. Yeah. When I when I build a helmet, I like how you know I can be thinking about stuff, but I have to be kind of focused on the task at hand in building it. Um, but I can't devote a you know, full brain power to thinking about the news. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and it's kind of relaxing. And I used to work in a welding shop before. I worked at Tesla and um, the the manual the manual labor aspect uh, the aspect of manual labor where you you start with something you know like a if you're digging a ditch it's just a piece of ground at the end of the day it's a ditch you've mm-hmm. done something you know, I, with me it was building handrail it'd start with a you know long piece of metal pipe and you would turn it into a handrail. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that's you know incredible. It's not going to space or anything like that. But it's still a, a feeling of accomplishment. And I do get that from building the helmets. Yeah. But doing that from 5 a.m. until 5:30 in the afternoon every day, six or five or six days a week, was tough. And and I worked with a lot of people that did not seem like they were old. They were older, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s years old, and they didn't seem very happy because mm-hmm. I mean they just you know, that it's hard on your body. You're breathing in fumes all day. You're probably, you know, God knows what, you know, those fumes do to your lungs. Yeah. I mean, they didn't seem happy because they were, uh, I mean, alcoholics, you know, drug addicts, not drug addicts, but like heavy, heavily using drugs. Right. Uh, like every night, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, it's not this, you know, not the, Smartest thing to do, but if you want to do that and it's not hurting anyone, I'm not one to judge. If you know, go do that. But it does it does have effects on your body and yeah. Um, 
habits do too like you know like gambling or you know addiction to porn or social media or just tv Mm -hmm. you know and when you're going you're working your body into the ground all day like you were saying and you go home at night and you do something that is like either detrimental to your mind or body or both in Mm -hmm. multiple ways it's just like that's a recipe for disaster and i feel Mm -hmm. like more often than not i would say your health and happiness like your bodily health and the happiness are so tied in and it's like anytime you're sick like you're you're usually unhappy like whatever and it's like how are you going to be happy if your body is just unhealthy mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it, it's I, I one thing i wish that our government would have done um in response to to the pandemic would be you know have some kind of <laughs> almost Manhattan project for getting people making sure they're healthy yeah. and, you know, changing how we eat the foods we eat. I mean, everyone's unhealthy in this country because we, unless you like try really, really, really hard. Yeah. It's usually expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. And everything has sugar in it. Everything is just, is like corn. It's a corn and sugar basically. And sugar basically, as far as my understanding, I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that sugar basically carbs, turn into sugar um mm-hmm. it's like bread and all that kind of stuff everything is is uh, i mean a, a medium-sized drink from zaxby's is like a half gallon of yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, crazy it's good for you soda like, so you bad. look at the way that how big like a, a regular mcdonald's cup was in like the 50s and it yeah. was like a thimble compared to yeah compared to what we've got now um i wish that there would have been some response where it's like, Hey, go for a run, like go for a walk. Being, mm-hmm. that's one thing I started doing. I started, I, I mean, I hate running. I don't hate it. I really dislike running. Um, or I did cause I would always run on like a track or in a neighborhood and it's mm-hmm. just not run on the road is, you know, not, not good. And or not, it's, it hurts my knees and yeah. seeing the same thing every time. But, uh, I started hiking on, uh, there's a park close to here, uh, Evan Warner. I started, I started running, and I'd run on one of the like paved parts. I did that mm-hmm. for like a month and it was only like two miles. And then I was like, well, I'm going to start going kind of off this paved road. And I started hiking and two miles turned into three. And then now I do, I usually do five, but I'll do up to like eight miles. Yeah. And it's, I like it because it's, you're seeing something, I maybe mean, you're seeing the same trail, you know, a tree's falling over here. Or you're, you're hearing birds, seeing new people walk mm-hmm. on the trail. Um, I like it because I'm away from my phone. Yeah. Uh, it gives me, I can, I mean, I can, I can res- stop and respond to a text or whatever if I need to. I just put on, do not disturb, put on a podcast, uh, and then walk. And then uh, once I kind of get away from the road, I usually take my headphones off and walk for, we'll just kind of listen to, to nature. Um, and I've found that I, that's I've come up with a lot of ideas. That's kind of where I got the idea of where I'm going to, you know, move my business towards and and a bunch of other stuff. And being out in nature is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we spend I I definitely spend way too much time inside. Um, or or now that I, I do that about do. now that I do that, you know, I'll go five times a week. That's it takes me about an hour two hours depending on how far I go. Um, I, f- it makes me feel better, uh, just mentally kind of being away from everything. And it also physically makes me feel better. You know, when you're, when you're in shape, um, 
you feel better. I just, at least I do. Um, Same. I've was bad about going to the gym for the last two weeks. And by bad, I mean, I went like twice, I don't know, <laughs> like five times a week. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't anything, you know, it was just, I didn't feel like going. Yeah. And because I was, you know, tired from this, the weekend, had too much fun. Um, I have such a hard time, like, with the gym. Like, the regular gym to me is just, like, it's not stimulating, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, like, super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And to, like, two of the ways I've been fighting it is just, like, riding my bike a shit ton, which is also, like, I used to be a really good runner. I ran, like, cross-country and track. I, like, you know, got, like, second on my team. Like, you know, we won the region. We went to state, like, all this stuff. But I hate running, like I, I like doing social things or things that are stimulating and interesting. And just because like on a bike, you're just, your scenery is changing so much, like feeling the wind on my face and everything, but also like rock climbing and specifically bouldering mm-hmm. because it's like, I literally, I'll throw my slides on, grab my shoes and my chalk and like walk out the door. Now I have to bring a mask too, but. Do you go to climb Nashville? Yeah. How long have you been going there? Um, a few years now. I think I started climbing in like 2017, 2016. Uh, I've probably like seen you there before. Oh, really? So I used to go, I started going in like 2011. I started, I mean, I would go like on my summer breaks from college, but um, I, re- I, started, I went four or five times a week Yeah. for a long time. Did you ever go to the old gym? Uh I don't the think one. so. I've only ever been to the East Gym and like the big one on the West. So they used to have before they opened the East Gym, before they opened the the big one in West. There was a gym like two minutes down the road from uh from where the West Gym is, and it was a different setup. Oh wow! And they changed. I like the new gyms climbing more, mm-hmm. but their old gym had a more. I don't know. The feel of it was a little, it was more like a community type feel. That makes sense. He had bouldering in the, he had this big bouldering thing in the middle and then top roping was around the edges. Um, and it just, it felt like everyone was kind of intermingling more. Um, yeah. The reason I stopped going was just because I, I, I loved, I love climbing. I've actually been, uh, I'm going to renew my membership for the last few months. I'm in Nashville. Um, Uh, it's I like how climbing is kind of a it's like problem solving. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it, you get a really good workout from it. Um, and I mean, I would always try to imagine like I'm when I'm climbing, I'm uh, just what would I do if I wasn't hooked in right now? Right. Yeah. Like I have to make it to the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes you do a route, and it's sometimes you don't get that route. Yeah. And you. And you I would always do audible so that, that like yeah the that, sad like, slow, like me yeah <laughs> um weightlifting i i switched to like planet fitness and people make fun of me for going to planet fitness but i'm like the weight man gravity is the same at planet fitness yeah. it's 10 bucks a month so mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not going in there to be arnold i just want to be more in shape um or just you know i feel better when i like last night i went and i, I felt a lot i just felt better after i got out yeah um more confident about how you look and all that kind of stuff and uh, but I stopped going to climb Nashville just because I had done it so much and it was just getting to the point where it was like, gotcha. I, I wasn't, um, it kind of, it didn't feel like a chore, but it wasn't the same feeling that I'd had. Uh, and I wanted, I wanted to try out weightlifting. Yeah. Not nice. like weight, like weightlifting, but just going to the gym. And, and the other thing I like about Planet Fitness is you, I'm not in there, you know, it's not, it's usually not very packed when I go. Oh yeah. And the people that go there, you know, they're also not trying to be 
Arnold. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Judgment free zone. Yeah. It's, and that's. I really enjoy that. That you're not hearing weights slam around. And it's funny because every now and then you'll get one dude that it's he's that guy. It's yeah. just. It's always a guy. It's. It's always a guy. Always some dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, music's so loud you can hear it. He's doing the bobbing his head up and down and mouthing the words and well, I get it like you're you're in the zone do that but then you know <laughs> slamming the plates down dropping the weights it's like okay man we get it we, yeah you're, you're you're big we we understand like the worst is when they're not it's not that guy and they're still doing all that stuff and it's yeah. okay dude can we come on yeah <laughs> like, exactly yeah I uh I haven't I don't know. I, I would go sometimes. To, I used to go like a bit with uh, my my friend Jarrett, who we used to live together for years. So like we went all the time. But like he always handled the decisions of like this is what we're gonna do today and whatever. Like I enjoyed the social element of like hey we can chit chat in between sets, but we would always be listening to music and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I guess I maybe I'm still in the honeymoon phase of the whole climbing thing. But also. Um, I, I, I don't know how much you've been outside, but like it is it is a whole another world. Like I love I've never never climbed outside. Dude, so before you leave we should we should do that, no. man. Because yeah. it's like just the 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 culture is so much more prevalent in those environments and like especially if you go to a place it's like some sort of mecca, like there's a place called Red River Gorge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, the red is so cool and like staying at Miguel's and it's just like dude, it's so especially you as a festival goer, man. Like the first time I stayed at Miguel's, it was so dope. There's like this big pavilion and they just have all these shelves and like everyone is in this communal space cooking all their food and whatever and then in the field behind the pizza place it's just tents like everywhere and there's like people with led balls juggling there's people doing slack lines it feels like a festival man and like you know that they have like one of the main buildings uh you know that they work out of is attached and it has showers that you can use and they have like they're like sinks like you know, the back of the place is all opened up. So they have soda boxes and all this stuff. It's just trust system. You know, people aren't stealing anything there. And like you're using these sinks to wash all your shit out. And it's like, make sure you take your food particles out and everything. And you wake up super early, you know, get some coffee, breakfast, whatever you go out and, you know, climb all day. And then you come back at night and like have some beers, like get a pizza made at Miguel's and like do it again. It's just like, it is so much Sounds fun. Sounds exactly like a festival. Dude, it is. Change and, a couple words and, yeah. and things you're doing. <laughs> Dude, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. We're not dancing. <laughs> things you're but, drinking and, yeah. and uh, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm, the other reason I want to pick up another, a membership, renew my membership there, or one of the other reasons is... Um, my friend Jay goes, my best friend Jay, um, he goes, he says that it's a lot, um, cause you have to make an appointment. Yeah. The, uh, it's a lot less crowded. Right. So one of the reasons I stopped going, I was like, I'm paying this much money and I go and I would go off hours. I would go, mm-hmm. you know, two in the afternoon or whatever. And it was still at the point where. It felt like you had to go at that time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it was going to be so crowded. Yeah. And there's going to be so many guests there. And I get, you know, that's where they're making, they're making so much money off guests. They have to be, mm-hmm. unless yeah. they're, I'm not sure their insurance is nuts. But um, you have kid, literally little kids would hook in yeah. to the, you know, the audible where it's like a 5'9 and a 5'12. Yeah. And it's like you're eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Maybe you can do it, but mm-hmm. I wish that they, the, the um staff would have been more you know watching people and it wasn't so much little kids that would do that it'd be the uh, you know the 
adults that would get on people over 18 mm-hmm. they would hook in and then just kind of hang out talking to their friend oh yeah him. yeah and it's like, it's okay. like come on man go <laughs> yeah, and you're standing behind him and you're kind of you're trying to be like you know give give him the look like hurry up yeah <laughs> without being you know a uh whatever and um yeah, I mean there's times when I would get there and I, there's one route that I'd want to do and it would take me 30 minutes to do that route. Yeah. It's the worst the worst is when you're um you're waiting for a route and then you like turn away for a second and they get done or or there's an there's an open route and you start walking toward it and then you see someone else yeah, walking someone toward else it and they're like it. closer than you yeah. and they just like snag it it's out like, from under damn. you and you're like damn. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, I, the f- kind of final reason I want to renew my membership there is because when I move out to Arizona, there's a lot of stuff to out- do outdoors. Oh yeah, man. Um, I visited in February and I mean, I went out there and I just remember feeling like this is where I need to be. Yeah. I need to be. In- I was wondering, I was going to ask why you decided I'm there. I mean, for business reasons, obviously the Southwest is, and West Coast is where all the EDM festivals are. Um, that's just where the scene is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a little bit of one in Nashville, but it's not really the same scene. Right. Um, Jared's doing an amazing job with, with, uh, with Sacred Hive. Mm-hmm. Sacred Hive's going to be huge one day. Yeah. I think Jared's got a great eye and, and mind for all this stuff, but, um, my main customer where, where, I mean, I don't have, I'm sure I could go and get exact numbers, but most of my, Customers come from California, Arizona, Texas, okay. Nevada, that kind of like... Interesting. And then I have Florida, New York are two of my other popular areas, but most of the EDM festivals, like Insomniac's based out of Southern California, so yeah. they have an EDM festival every month. Yeah. Nashville doesn't have an EDM festival. Yeah, that's And true. I guess we have Deep Trump, but nothing nothing on the level of... of EDC, or, uh, Insomniac is just crazy. Yeah, All the different ones they have, it's yeah. like... Yeah, and and I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in their position right now because I can't imagine. Oh, I mean, they got they've got Live Nation invested in them, so their Insomniac is going to be fine. I bought a bunch of Live Nation. <laughs> yeah, smart. Yeah, <laughs> smart. I mean, if I was live, if I was Live Nation, and I wasn't concerned, I was concerned about money and not the the way that, uh, the the, I guess feel of the music scene, the, mm-hmm. the soul of the music scene. I would be looking at this COVID thing and being like, this is a good thing for me because it's been so hard watching people, venues get, you know, people go after them for throwing shows. And I, I understand why, you know, if you, if they, but if they're, if they're following all the precautions mm-hmm. and they're doing, you know, they're not doing anything illegal, the city, their local government has said it's okay for you to throw have a show right then i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna demonize those people because you know the it's end, their decision the end in nashville the, the exit in all these small venues that they're not getting help mm-hmm. they're not they don't have you know stock they're not, yeah. they're not listed on the stock market and they're being forced to choose between you know going out of business or having an event and and if they don't have an event, they go out of business. Um, and even if they do have an event, they might still go out of business. Yeah. Um, and human lives are more important than money. But 
the thing that worries me the most is when these venues go under they're not coming back they're not coming back and who's going to buy that venue that's a good point live nation's going to buy that venue walmart (laughs) yeah walmart like everything is going to be owned (laughs) by live nation yeah so in two years when we're all paying 50 60 dollars for a ticket and then another 30 dollars of fees on top of that because all of the venues are owned by Live Nation and there's actually no competition. There's a little bit yeah. of competition now, but they're this behemoth, but all the small festivals mm-hmm. are owned by them. Everything is owned by them. I think the scene's going to feel a lot different than it does now. Yeah, probably. And I don't want that to happen. I agree. Um, and I mean, I've, I've tried to, I've thought about, you know, if, if you signed a waiver like if you were going to go to a festival, they made you sign a waiver saying like, if I get COVID, I go to the back of the line for treatment. Would I sign that waiver? And, mm. you know, are, are you going to agree to isolate for, you know, two weeks after and we're going to track you, yeah. <laughs> make sure you do it. And then if you don't do it, there's penalties and all that kind of stuff. Would you do it? And I don't know if I wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think seeing how festivals handle this, you know, when when they come back is going to be interesting. Are they going to make people get their vaccines? Right. And, and uh, schools already do that with like the measles. And I'm I'm not mm-hmm. somebody that's you know, I'm not like an anti-vaxxer or whatever. But it is going to be interesting to see how people handle it. And yeah. I think you know one of the big reasons festivals have gotten canceled is because the insurance companies are saying yeah. we're not going to give you insurance. Yep. Um, but eventually they're going to have to come back mm-hmm. and seeing how they handle it, it's going to be interesting and seeing who's going to take, who's going to be the first one to take the bullet first. Yeah. It's really going to be, it'll probably be two, three, four festivals happen mm-hmm. before everyone just goes, whatever. Right. Like, you know, but those first ones, you know, kind of like how the chain smokers had their, you know, issue with the drive in oh, yeah. subtronics had his shut down. Now I don't really see, any of that stuff because I think venues have seen okay well we can't do that right yeah we need to make sure that and they should be making sure anyway but um artists you know they don't want to get caught up in the in the firestorm mm-hmm. I mean I went to the Sacred Hive um event in Huntsville that Champagne Drip played at and everyone was being pretty good about it but there were people that were you know not not being, not being safe not being uh <laughs> Not following the rules exactly. Yeah. And Champagne Drip came on there and he said, if you guys don't put your mask on, I'm stopping. I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. And I think part, I'm sure he did that because he wants people to be safe, but I also have the feeling that he didn't want to make headlines. Yeah. His show. And it's not like if people aren't wearing masks at his show, it's not his fault. Right. He's, yeah. He's, he's just not playing. out there. Yeah, doing he's the... not, he can't be security and playing on the decks at the same time. Yeah. Um, but... It's I th- I think that you know it's going to be I'm glad that I'm not in the position to have to make the decision should I have should I be the yeah. first one because eventually right. it's going to have to be somebody it's going to have to it doesn't seem like things are really going to like change and even if they do like I don't know I don't know if it's ever going back to the way it was like people are going to be thinking about you know this a lot for a long time and it's it's interesting to see how places like east asian countries like japan you know it's like it's common practice like when you're sick you wear a mask contain your fluids like 
you know, people here just don't like being told what to do and they don't like being, you know, yep. arrested yep. for not obeying <laughs> this new law that came out of nowhere. Like yeah. I, you know, and you just can't do that with Americans. And that's like, and I mean, I, I, <laughs> I definitely like whenever I'm in public, I wear a mask. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people, but there is that little part of me. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I work for myself. Yeah. It's because I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of Americans are like that. But I agree. I'll wear one, you know, because I want to be considerate of other people. Right. But That's I went to, out, yeah. I went to the lake this past weekend and it's in, um, Thompson station, Tennessee, or not Thompson station, um, Tim's Ford and, or Tim's Ford Lake, which is in Winchester, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Um, not a lot of Joe Biden yard signs right? <laughs> where that where I was. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm wearing my Nashville unicorn, like I'm a native of Nashville shirt mm-hmm. and I, you know, I stop at a gas station to get ice and, um, I put my little mask on and I walk in and it was like record scratch. Like people turned around and looked at me and were like, <laughs> giving me this look. And I was like, no one's wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like being I was like oh I'm I'm super out of place right now yeah (laughs) and I was also like look I'm not wearing a. I mean I'm not personally I as far as consequences are to me are concerned I realized that you know you can spread I'm I'm worried about spreading the disease someone else right I'm not necessarily worried about getting it yeah um because statistically I would probably be okay 14 of my friends, including two of my roommates, got it. Yeah. And, you know, they tested positive. They quarantined. Afterwards, they tested negative. They lost their sense of smell. Some of them don't have it back completely, which apparently it takes up to three months. But, like, overall, you know, they survived. And, like, it was a whole experience, like, going through everyone getting it. And it's like we were all worried about each other and everything, and we were safe. But it's like, you know, but it for me i had to make the decision because i i never got it you know two negative tests antibody tests came back negative but you know i was supposed to go visit family for fourth of july and i was like it's it is not like i'm not worried about myself i'm worried about them Mm -hmm. so i didn't go you know yeah and it's just i'll be fine whatever i climb fucking mountains and i like ski you know exactly curling myself down a mountain constantly exactly (laughs) yeah drive a car yeah, yeah. There's I mean, inherent risk with you, so many things. With, if if you can fall down a flight, you can trip and you can be walking from the from your bedroom to the bathroom, and you can trip and fall and hit your head on the table and die. Yeah, it happens to people. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, I I think that yeah, I, I I'm not. Yeah, I, I I'm fortunate enough to be in good health, so I'm not incredibly. I, at first, I was. I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, I was actually, I was like, I, I came back from, I went to Okeechobee and on the way down there, I was talking to somebody and I was like, this is about to be, shit is about to hit the fan in this country because yeah. it was a week that Ultra got canceled mm-hmm. and um, it was weird that Okeechobee kind of like flew under the radar and no one ever said anything about it. I know. But I remember being there and being like, this doesn't seem like the smartest thing ever <laughs> and I was walking through the crowd on like the, third night and somebody coughed like on me and Ooh. i was like oh i've got it now for sure because yeah. <laughs> i mean before i i was reading it reading the news coming out of italy and i had i had actually started f- read my first article about covid in like 
early January, like first week of January, I just somehow came across like an article about how this artificial intelligence program had picked up on this new flu coming out of China. And that's how we found out about it because it was like aggregating different medical reports from different hospitals in that mm, area. And some, it saw, it noticed like multiple cases of something that wasn't recognized. And it was like, oh, what is this thing? And that's how, at least that's how the, um, this company found out about it, that developed this AI. But um, watching it go from like one, there's like a thousand people in China that had it, mm-hmm. which probably meant a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> realistically, yeah. And then it went from the whole city in China and then it went to all of China. Like all of China was locked down. Yeah. And no one was saying anything about it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, is this, and, and thinking that it was going to stay in China was was so... I don't understand how people thought that was going to happen. Yeah. It, at that point, it was probably... I mean, we had already seen it happen with so many other things. And I was I was working on a movie in Indiana. And I was, like, standing in the shower listening to, like, NPR, I think. You know, I was listening to, like, Up First uh, before work. And, like, I that was the first time I heard about the virus. And I was like, oh, here we go. Another one of these random-ass, you know, virus things. Like, I had no idea what yeah. it was about to become. Yeah. I remember talking to my friend Scott, who's uh, he's in the medical field, works in a hospital in like the OR he's not like in the you know an accountant or whatever but um I remember talking to him about it and being like you know is this should we should I be worried about this and he goes I'm not worried about the virus as much as I am the reaction to the virus and he was right <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that the reaction to the virus has been um we have handled it poorly across the board Toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, that was that one really blew my... I don't... I didn't understand why that was the thing that people were, like, stocking up on, like, was not... It's like, shouldn't be stocking up on, like, rice and things that... Society's about to collapse. I I guess toilet paper does matter, too, but... um, You know, buying a 12-month supply of it seemed extreme at the time. (laughs) And still, it seems pretty extreme. Exactly. Um... But then seeing how it evolved and then it it got here and, you know, people were saying, you know, it's no worse than the flu and, and, you know, this is all a hoax and it's not a big deal. And then that turned into, okay, well, it's, it might be a big deal, but like, <laughs> and, and now it's kind of gone back to, it's a hoax, even yeah. though it's 170,000 people dead, but this is not in any way, this doesn't minimize it, but. I think it's weird that, you know, half a million Americans die of heart disease every year. Yeah. Which is preventable. Mm-hmm. Smoking kills another half a million. As a million people, a million Americans die from just those two things. Yeah. And we're we're not talking about those. Granted, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, heart they disease have isn't say, contagious. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't, you can't spread heart disease by going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I guess you can if you're, um, whoever makes M&M's and chocolate and <laughs> advertisers but, yeah <laughs> um, but I don't know it's just it I wish that we could have we could have been for a while for a couple of weeks it looked like we were all going to be like okay let's beat this thing yeah finally we had something where everyone could come together and be like let's let's beat this mm-hmm. and and then it just 
somehow became not that at all. Everything yeah. is politicized. I mean, everything in this country is politicized. I can't wait until things go back to where not every single person is a political pundit. You don't have to have like facts, yeah, and, like talking <laughs> <Pulled> points <laughs> whenever you talk to someone, yeah, and. Um, I stole that from a comedian named Tim Dillon. He's hilarious. Uh, but I mean, drinking water is, is a political, like Donald Trump was at a rally, one of his rallies and he drank water in like a weird way. And that was a news story for like three days. And he, he was like, I drink, like how did, why I'm more concerned about healthcare yeah i don't have he- people don't have healthcare right now yeah <laughs> and, and we care about how he drinks his water yeah it's like should we be worried about this or right. should we be worried about the fact that there's not going to be fish left in the ocean in like 30 years if we continue on the rate of fishing that we're yeah. doing at what are we going to do about that <laughs> overall consumption in general i feel like is a thing like so i've been doing intermittent fasting for a while and it's funny because people always make fun of people that do it because they always talk about it but mm. it really has helped me in a lot of ways but for me, I realized a long time ago that I'm sort of like an impatient person and I was always an angry person. And so one of the, you know, I would always tell people like, yeah, I'm usually pretty good these days unless I get really hungry. And I'm like, you know, I have no air conditioning and I start freaking out and I'm like, wait a minute, like, this doesn't mean I'm like woke or aware. Like I'm not like, you know, so (laughs) learning, (laughs) yeah. So it's like learning to fast, like it, it helped me deal with like, all right, like, man, it is 9.30, I cannot wait three more hours, like, I'm going to die. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to die, actually. You, you know, go like, 20 days without food. <laughs> right, you know, it's, and there, you know, when we were nomadic and shit, it's like, it weren't, it wasn't like we just walked to the fridge and, like, grabbed whatever mm-hmm. we wanted, like, mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and, and so learning to eat, it, you know, waiting to eat, I've also just become more aware of, like, all right, I can eat a little bit, and I don't need to, like, stuff myself so mm. rock climbing for instance is a, is a great uh example so whenever you're out on the wall or whatever it's like whenever you eat it's it's pretty quick mm-hmm. and so i'll bring like a pack of tuna and like um i'm sorry fish and um an avocado and like some nuts or whatever and it's like that's that's enough that's plenty to like get me through until like whatever dinner so maybe i have like one big meal a day but it's just made me realize overall how much less i can consume overall and just how much it would be mitigated, like how much damage to the earth would be mitigated if everybody just consumed less. And that's, you know, food, drink, drugs, uh, material possessions, like all of it. Like we are just, it's like, do you, are you really that afraid that we're going to run out that you need to stockpile everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in, in most of the stuff you're stockpiling is going to be broken or bad by the time your children inherit them. Like, yeah. And if, if it gets to that point, do you really want to like still be alive? Right. If, right. if we're, we've got this, like, what's that movie? The road where we're like walking around, like having like roving bands of like bandits. and like, Oh, like, like uh, we Mad have, Max. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of God, stuff. Like, like that doesn't seem very enjoyable. No. Like, if we get, if dystopian. We, if, if we get, if an asteroid hits earth, I want it to hit me. Yeah. So yeah. I have to deal with the after effects. <laughs> oh, and, man. I mean, going back to consumer, the the consumption thing. I'm I'm one of those people as well. But I've that's another thing I've kind of struggled with is, I make, no one needs right. a bucket, on their head, like you know if we if we go, to, you know our economy is only stuff that you absolutely need. Right. 
you know, we're all farmers again. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it was until, I mean, until the 1900s, I think yeah. 98% of people were farmers or something mm, like that. You grew your own food. And in a hundred years we've, it's reversed. Now yeah. it's like 2% of people are farmers. Now people um, can enjoy art. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't like referring to myself as an artist because I feel like that has like this like air of like <laughs> pretentiousness. Um, but other people call my stuff artwork, so I guess that's it is. It is. You're um, <laughs> but it does it does like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of I know what you mean. Though. It just feels like there's you know there's people that do really incredible stuff, and I I want I would love to be in you know considered in that category, but I just don't think I'm there yet. Um, but uh it's the the consumption thing is 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 hard because it's you know we do need to consume less we're not the what we're what, a lot of things that we're doing right now are just unsustainable yeah and if it's unsustainable that means at some point it has to come to an end mm-hmm. whether it's fossil fuels or fishing in the oceans we need to do it more responsibly in one way either yeah. that or you know i really loved working for tesla for that reason because um i felt like i was part of something yeah it was moving the future forward and and when someone came in i was in sales and i wasn't trying to sell them a tesla i was trying to sell them an electric car yeah because we need we need to beyond all the climate change stuff which some people don't believe in i that kind of blows my mind um but it shows how well propaganda works. Yeah. Um, beyond all that stuff, cars have been around for the gasoline engine in a car is the descendant of the steam engine, which was invented in like the 1840s. Yeah. Or something like that. And we need technology gets better. I mean, if you had to take your phone and go to Walgreens and buy a canister of fuel for it yeah. once a week. You'd be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And it put out poison. And if you, if you like a, like a, the analogy I would always use would be if, if you take your gasoline car and you park in your garage and you shut the door and you turn the engine on, what happens? Yeah. You die. Yeah. But we're doing that on a planetary scale because there's a billion people that have cars. Yeah. Or there's a billion cars on the road. <laughs> and, you know, I, one thing that, one of the, I guess, silver linings of quarantine was I think that it gave people a chance to see what a cleaner future could look like. Yeah, same. I mean, even beyond, not just the, the like, you know, chemical and air pollution, the noise pollution. Gasoline cars are loud. They're Electric loud cars hell. are quiet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing was that was so weird was not seeing any planes in the sky. Yeah. And how clear the, the air seemed. Mm-hmm. And as it didn't go, it, it stopped so suddenly that you notice the difference. Whereas it's people, it's society's kind of come back. We're mm-hmm. at kind of similar activity levels before and the air doesn't feel as clean, but I don't yeah. with back in March. I mean, everything went from, we were going full speed to shut down in like a week. Yeah. And that was crazy to experience and watch and feel as knowing that you're living through something that's going to be written about in the history books and just being 
have being completely unable to do anything about it and just watching you know all everyone's you know running on the grocery stores <laughs> shelves are empty yeah and, and you know, I went to the grocery store today and it's not like that at all anymore right people it's have kind of normal now people have it has been interesting to watch the the number of people as since like May end of April early May the number of people that have essentially said fuck it yeah <laughs> I'm going back to my life <laughs> has increased um and I don't think it's I see the I see people that I see people getting demonized for wanting to go back to their normal life and it's you know people blaming them for the you know the when the fashion house happened in Nashville, you know, I saw people in the Instagram comments saying, first of all, saying things like, I hope everyone at this party gets COVID and dies. It's so terrible. Which is so terrible. Like, you're not any better than anyone no. that went to that party. Yeah. <laughs> and people saying like, you're the reason I can't send my kids to school. It's like, no, the people that are in charge that had a hundred years to prepare for this. Yeah. Economically, on a societal level, on a medical level, yeah. all that stuff and didn't prepare they're the ones that are responsible. Right. And don't get mad at someone for not wearing their mask. You get mad. I mean, if you want to be mad, upset with them, whatever. But be upset with the institutions that have completely failed us. Yeah. That's who you should be directing most of your anger towards, in my opinion. Because also, again, like those people that they're yelling at for not wearing a mask, like a lot of the times they're not wearing one just because they don't want to be forced to. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? I mean, I, I understand that. I, I guess that's the... <laughs> the like stubborn dumb american in me but i i do have access to that part of my brain where i right. you know if you tell me to do something i i don't want to do it just because but i also know that the benefits exactly. of wearing a mask far outweigh my reasons yes. not to yes i don't i don't what kills me is the people that have that's the hill that they've chosen to die on <laughs> yeah i mean the government if they catch you with weed they can throw you in jail for like 25 years or yeah. life if you yeah. get caught three if you caught, get caught with a joint on three separate occasions you can go to jail for the rest of your life so you, go, you can go to jail for 25 years for killing a person yeah but um Ugh. the government can do that the government gave trillions of dollars in bailouts to companies that you know the banks that destroyed the economy no one went to jail people lost their life savings people lost their homes none of them went to jail the government gave those people a free pass yeah um we you know, wage wars against countries that have never attacked us. Mm -hmm. But it seems like mask, the government asked me to wear a mask should be like, like yeah. priority number 20,563,000 like <laughs> way, way down the priority list. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the BP flooded the Gulf of Mexico oh with oil. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, destroyed entire communities along the coastline and i mean i remember i i went to the beach that summer and i remember tar balls floating up on the oh uh, god going in the ocean mm -hmm. and thinking oh now now thinking back on it like oh i'm sure that's was probably not good who yeah. knows they weren't really telling us what they were putting in the water to uh, they didn't want it you to know they didn't want exactly because <laughs> they were like which which makes me think it's like if they don't want us to know what they're putting to disperse this oil um why do they not want us to know it seems right. like there might be some negative consequences from not knowing probably this. <laughs> um but yeah I, I wish that you know that's where you know twitter would focus their outrage on not twitter people that 
the I wish outrage would be focused on the things that are you know major 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 problems. Yeah. Rather than getting mad at individuals for making decisions, and you know it's one. I, I mean I, I I get it. I understand. I it just it feels like you every time you you make a converse or a, uh, say something that might be even remotely controversial you have to like mm-hmm. qualify it with like 10 different qualifiers right like i i feel like there's i'm having to run everything like am, am i saying the right thing here i need to make mm-hmm. sure that that you know i'm i'm not uh i'm not leaving anything out yeah <laughs> and, and, everything is like recorded and everything is like remembered and weaponized and twisted yeah. it's like everyone's on edge everyone's all the time on podcasts to see, you know, people will take things completely out of context. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take one sentence and it gets, you know, if you just hear the, you know, if if the headline is just this one thing and you don't read the article, then you're going to have come away with this this sense of a completely different perspective than yeah. what actually happened. I mean, I catch myself doing that. You know, I'll read the headline and be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Outrage. And then you Click read the bit. article and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's like there was an article about, I think it was CNN. I can't remember. Um, it was, it said like perfect. The headline was like perfectly healthy, like seventeen year old dies of COVID, and then you read the article and he had like, he had like diabetes. He was like two hundred and fifty. He was like a weight, very overweight. Um, he had a bunch of other like health problems. Right. And it's like he wasn't perfectly healthy. Yeah, he wasn't healthy. Yeah. <laughs> He was, Ugh, yeah, and, and I mean, one thing that, you know, I've really struggled with is like losing trust in the media. Same, dude. I mean, like the the local media, the national media, when the fashion house party happened, they spent like five days reporting on that. Wow. And it was like, okay, yes, it was irresponsible. And yes, they sh- there should have been you know, precautions, the people that held it probably shouldn't have had the party in the first place, but they should have at least done like temperature checks to give the appearance that they cared. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, is this, is this really the most, like, do we really need to be devoting this much, this many resources to reporting on this thing when yeah. this, you know, 40% of small businesses are, are going to, are at yeah. risk of closing and they're closing forever. Sucks. Last month, I read a headline that last month, 30% of Americans missed their housing payments. Wow. Yeah. And another, Holy another hell. like, it was either 30 million or 30% of people at the, at the last week of July said they didn't have enough food to eat. Man. So that seems, that seems way more, important. way more important and more terrifying and way more <laughs> terrifying than, Man in East Nashville has house party. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems yeah. like that, you know, what's going to happen when, if if there are 30 million people unemployed and hungry, or uh, unemployed, um, homeless, and hungry? Yeah. What happens then? I, th- I mean, I think we all know what happens then. Yeah. It's not tea parties in the street. It's mm-hmm. It's, you know... People are getting their pitchforks, and that's genuinely terrifying. I yeah, mean, that's that's how. That's, and I, I feel like, you know, it's just it's just pressing to watch. It is and see, Congress, they're not even working right now. Yeah, 
Like, what the hell, man? Like, it just show. It's just. It's been so. It's ripped the mask off of how. Like, they just don't care. Well, you know, and I don't want to be the person to like demonize the wealthy. And a lot of people do a lot of really good for the world with you know their resources. But a lot of these people, like, they don't. They don't really have to to worry about the same kinds of things, you know. And they can just they can wait it out. But it's like. So so now going back to the AI thing, right? So like now imagine a system where, okay, instead of having to worry that we're going to revolt or they're not going to have cogs in the machine, they replace us with machines and AI. And then like the, you know, masses die and the few survive. Yeah. And they aren't going to be any better because they're going to have corrupt morals. So like then what happens? Like the soul of humanity then dies basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and. I mean, I've had conversations with people about just bringing up the fact that there is a legitimate chance. (laughs) You know, if we have that many people unemployed, homeless, without health care, all this other stuff, if it sucks for enough people, it's going to suck for everyone. Oh, yeah. And if it sucks for everyone, or if it sucks for enough people to the point where they feel like they have no voice left, and the only way for them to have a voice is to go take it back, Mm -hmm. however they deem that is whether that's right. throwing Molotov cocktails at the courthouse or taking a gun to the state capitol mm-hmm. you know and starting you know a, a legitimate revolution i've talked to people that have been like that can't happen here yeah it's and like it, why not it's it like, ha- yeah. first of all it has yeah <laughs> <laughs> it happened in the 1860s and yeah. a lot of people died and we still haven't recovered from it mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and you know it just can't happen here is not there's unless I'm waiting for someone to convince me why it can't happen here. Right. Um, we have a lot of angry people and we have a lot of guns Mm -hmm. and a lot of distrust in the government on both sides of the aisle. So, you know, that just, that kind of stuff really, you know, I'm glad that I'm not really in a position of power and having to worry about that, but it seems like they're not either. They're not worried about it either. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, the, the, they took a three-week vacation after Fourth of July, came back, worked for two weeks Monday through Thursday, and then went home for another three weeks. Is just so. I mean, I was listening to a a podcast and uh, or a show I watch on on YouTube called I think it's called uh, Rising. It's on the Hill. It's called on the network The Hill. Um, and it's it's like a political show, and they've got one person on the right, and they've got one person that's more on the left. or But it's not like crazy right and crazy left. It's, it's like neutral. real normal people mm. <laughs> like that that's have cool. actual... It's their, I think their tagline is, um, is basically like, we don't hate the people, we hate the establishment. And the establishment like that. that has has just completely failed us and just exists to serve the the top like point one of you know because yeah. i mean that you know that it's people that own businesses that make a lot of money but then you have people that you know make can decisions. buy senators yeah 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 that's <laughs> not everyone has level. that kind of power yeah and it's like generational and and or or it's you know they it's someone like jeff bezos and he's mm-hmm. you know he's the richest person in the world well, he's not publicly richest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the probably Putin and some some of the oil shakes sheiks and however you say that word. Um, sound yeah, like a dumbass American, but um, I think they probably got him beat. But um, you know, I 
that one's difficult because it's it's like you like Elon Musk, Jeff. They don't have like Scrooge McDuck vaults of yeah. money that they just swim around in all day. The right. reason they have they do have a lot of money in their bank account, but a lot of the money is kind of on paper. Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos has so much money because he has like 55 million shares of Amazon because he started Amazon in his garage. Yeah. And he worked really hard to build it into something that then turned into multiple people. And then now it's the one, the biggest com- one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, and their, their stock price is like $3,000 a share. Yeah. So if he can't really, you can't really like, it's hard to redistribute that mm-hmm. because you can't really take his share. If you take his shares away, then he doesn't own the company that he started. Right. And that doesn't seem fair. Mm-mm. I mean, granted, it, it doesn't seem fair that his workers, you know, have to, you know, be on food stamps and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but my thing with that is in 10 years, he's not going to have to worry about his workers being on food stamp because he's not going to have workers. Right. He's going to have <laughs> it's robots. It's all going to be robots. Yeah. And I loved how Andrew Yang, you know, re- he was the, still is the only one that is, that is in politics, it seems like, that's talking about this, mm-hmm. that actually recognizes the threat that technology, it, it's, the thing is, it doesn't have to be a threat. It should be a, a, a net gain for humanity, everyone being able to have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. If you want to, if you want to just camp in the woods you know, three weeks a month and you know, come back into, uh, you don't have to you don't have to work a job that you hate. Right. And I've been very fortunate in my life where I've been able to work jobs that I really love. Uh, I mean, I'm working at Tesla was incredible. I loved, loved that job. And then doing my own thing is, is I love it for a different reason. A lot of the same reasons, but, but you know, there are things that I enjoy with, running my own business mm-hmm. that you don't get if you're working for someone else. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's been a, been pretty eye opening in the sense that, uh, it's, uh, all the responsibilities on me. Yeah. So something messes up, you know, there's times like, you know, if I can't, if I can't get a hold of the material to make the mounting harness out of, yeah. like if I buy something, and I have it shipped to me and it gets lost in the mail or oh, yeah. that kind of thing. There's nothing I can do about that, mm-hmm. but it's still, it is still my responsibility. Yeah. And I have to talk to the customer and be like, Hey, you know, I've had to talk to customers. And when, when the, when it became clear that festivals weren't coming back in about mid June, it just, it sent me into like a tailspin. Yeah. And it was so hard for me to focus on work. And I mean, I know that's not fair to people to buy stuff from me, but, I also want, I'm a perfectionist. I want to, you know, make the the best thing possible. And I just didn't even feel like getting out of bed, let yeah. alone, you know, trying to, trying to build something. And, and most people were very understanding and I understand why some people aren't. And I, I mean, I always, if someone asks for that money back, I give it back to them. I'm not right. one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely made mistakes. Um, you know, knowing what I know now, if I'd started my own business, First, I would have done something like software based. It's not a f- producing a physical product. Yeah, that's um, smart. But I didn't do that. I started out with a physical product. But I mean, it's Still. it's it's been very eye opening seeing how much how much work I ha- like how many moving parts are in in this in like the supply chain of mm-hmm. 
of building my helmet. And I've only got, you know, probably 10 parts in, in there. But for a while, I was using these little bolts that I could only find at one place. Oh, wow. And if they were out of stock, <laughs> I couldn't. And it was a 20-cent part. But if I can't finish, if I can't get that part, yeah. I can't ship the helmet. Right. So it made me, it made kind of broaden my horizons on that, thinking about like when they're building a car. Oh, yeah. Or a TV. Mm-hmm. The, like the, where those parts are coming from and how many different suppliers they have. And just thinking about this stuff makes my head spin. The yeah. other thing it did was there's, there's people out there that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars because they, made this one thing that's in everything yeah <laughs> whether yeah, it's that's crazy i mean someone probably can't had it there's probably there is a patent on the little flick lighter mm-hmm. and whoever did that their family's set for the rest of time because they might be getting one tenth of a penny off mm-hmm. of every lighter sold but think how many lighters yeah. every single gas station and grocery store in this country you can buy a lighter at. When we were uh, when I was working on the TV show Nashville, the main character's like house was modeled after um, the house of this family that basically the guy created something with I guess I think it was the actual magnetic strip on the back of the credit I know card. Exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah, he lives in like. Um, on the west side yeah yeah it's it's just like crazy because it's like yeah that and like i'm pretty sure he's gone and moved on and i think his just wife has the house his ex-wife so it's like yeah she for sure was set you know i mean at least the house is paid for so it's like yeah yeah because i think he gets i've heard i've heard all different kind of variations of the story growing up in nashville but about that guy but i mean if if he's getting again (laughs) one tenth of a penny right or one one hundredth of a penny every time a card is swiped. And those things are used every day. Everywhere in the world. Yeah. It's crazy, man. <laughs> like you invented the barcode. Or, yeah. And now most of those kind of low-hanging fruit inventions are kind of, you know, taken. But, mm-hmm. you know, even the supply chain for a, a candle. Mm-hmm. Like how much work had to go into designing the top you have to do it in yeah. 3d and then they, they make it with these machines that cost millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and manufacture i've kind of kind of gone down that rabbit hole and it's 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 cool you know wanting i want to have a factory one day yeah <laughs> i just think because i think that kind of stuff is really cool um but you know the the, the stuff that gets made for the factory the yeah. factories that make the factories yeah are, are i mean it's it's just it makes your head spin and thinking about like when you live in a house how many people have basically touched that house? Oh, yeah. From the people that put the floors in to the people that made the wood for the floors to the people that chopped down the trees for the floor to mm-hmm. people that made the the chainsaw that chopped down. And just like it really does give you a sense of how we really do need each other. Yeah. Everyone. We're so need Everyone to be working together. If, like, yeah. if, if the people that go to the power plant – that you know, run the steam engines that that give us power, or, or ho- ideally, run the wind generators. Like right. ma- manage that stuff. If they just don't show up for work one day, society stops. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't have power for five days in May when we had that big storm roll. Through. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't really even a storm. It was just like a big gust of wind. Um, but it knocked out power to our house for like five days, and that was during the quarantine too. Mm-hmm. And it was really eye opening. Yeah. Being like, oh. Like if this was, if this was, if I couldn't go 10 minutes away and get electricity, if it was, we didn't have electricity anywhere. Yeah. 
it would be it wasn't during the day it was fine but at night when every street lights out and there's no house lights on and you can yeah. hear like random generators it felt oh, like creepy and then and then coupled with no cars on the road because right. of quarantine no mm-hmm. planes in the sky and it felt very apocalyptic yeah so and <laughs> i mean i drove around west nashville one night and late at night and i mean didn't see i probably saw two cars the whole time oh wow drove by this this uh like motel that the fire <laughs> alarm was going off and you could see like the the flashes from the the alarm lighting up the forest around the oh wow <laughs> that's interesting it was funny because i drove by and it was so loud it was loud in my car and my windows down and i saw this there was somebody sitting on a balcony like i could i could just see their cigarette mm-hmm. lit, the end of their cigarette and I was, <laughs> you could just you could feel the like fuck my life yeah, yeah. coming from that guy <laughs> because it was so loud and it was like uh, one two in the morning and i mean i was thinking about how when it knocked out power you know if, if i'd been somewhere in a position in life where i had you know just lost my job because of covid didn't have wasn't getting unemployment because the unemployment system was overloaded mm-hmm. and i just bought groceries with the, my last hundred dollars and then a storm hits that day and i lose all my groceries Dude. how just that's like rock bottom man yeah i'm how so just, glad i didn't how have just to feel that dis, the amount of despair you would feel and feel like there's no there's no way to like there's nothing good to look to in life. Yeah, it's got to be ridiculous. And that so had hard. to happen to at least one person. Oh, for sure. Damn, man. And that just, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was pretty eye opening. And then, you know, there's also people that live like that. There's there's billions of people in the on this planet that live like that every single yeah. day. So, you know, I'm I'm I try to try to think about how fortunate I am yeah. just to be living in the situation I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, have not had to, you know, deal with the, the, some comedian jokes about like, oh shit, they're cutting off our heads today. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got, like actual problems. Yeah. Like, oh, my internet's slow. <laughs> like, oh, boohoo. I might, I had to wait five seconds for my YouTube video to load so I could listen to music. Yeah. For free. Um, it really makes you realize like yeah. how far we've come yeah. globally as a species, you know, like and, that too. Yeah. I mean, think so of, fast. Think about. You know, if you like, we were talking about if you brought your phone back fifty years and mm-hmm. how just, and then you know, tech the way technology works, the amount of change that happened between nineteen fifty and two thousand is going to take twenty five years because yeah. it's exponential, and then that's going to take twelve and a half years, and then it's six years, and then it's three years, and then it's on the scale of months, and yeah. it's just. I'm reading a book right now called uh, "The Singularity Is Near" by Ray Kurzweil, and mm-hmm. he's like. Yeah, are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's so interesting. It's it is. I mean, it's gonna be weird to see what happens in the next few years. Yeah, like, and I don't. I mean, I don't think that we're. It's so. I mean, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not in the field of computer science or anything like that. I'm just a, a idiot that reads too much. But, um, <laughs> you know, things are about to get. I mean, they're already really weird. Yeah. But things are about to get very. Yeah. Very like. VR. Oh yeah. If VR, when not if, when VR becomes indistinguishable from real life, that's terrifying concept. It's terrible, but it's also you know if you're 85 years old, yeah, and you can't walk anymore. That's true. And you're stuck in your bed all day. It would be amazing to be in VR all the time. And so then imagine if they became a teacher in a VR classroom Mm -hmm. for the next generation. Like Mm -hmm. that would be a way to close the loop in a positive way and 
to, you know, improve their lives, impart their knowledge upon young people like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I do think that there is, um, there's a value to, you know, you, you accumulate a lot of life experiences if you live that long. Yeah. I mean, some people accumulate a lot of that kind of experience in 20 years just because right. of, but, um, I think that, you know, we, there's, we should, we should listen to, you know, elderly people and their perspectives on the world. Cause they've seen, you know, there's people who lived through World War II, lived yeah. through segregation, mm-hmm. desegregation, lived yeah. through Vietnam. Some Cold people War. lived through, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I don't know if I want someone that's as old as Donald Trump or Joe Biden, you know, um, making policy on cryptocurrency. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. Things or that they don't understand. Super intelligent general AI. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I don't know how how much I trust someone that didn't grow up with computers to re- to know about them. Just like you know, I don't. I wouldn't. Um, I'm trying to think of an analogy, I guess. I wouldn't know about putting horseshoes on a horse. Right there, you go. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I'd get kicked in the face by a horse if yeah. I had to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I we we I think we need younger people in power and i mean the good thing is not the good thing but i think that this crisis is pushing people to towards change that we need to have the current people have been in power i mean if you've been in congress for 30 years 40 years there's no way that you have a connection with the average person there's just no way that's a good point um i I think bernie was pretty good about having a connection with the average person but even then i i still you know i i love Love the his original message back, and we talked about this kind of earlier. His mm-hmm. fifteen and sixteen was was more like motivating and hopeful. Yeah. Whereas this time around, it was very much like we're going to take this back. We're yeah. going to have a revolution and aggression. And you know, revolution that doesn't always mean a good thing, right? A lot of people like, got to die in revolutions. Yeah, I mean, uh, when the Russian Revolution, I've got a friend that's you know really far to that side of the spectrum and he you know he's a like a big fan of 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 communist russia and i was like like, dude like (laughs) do you realize that stalin killed way more people than hitler did (laughs) like if i mean he he there was a lot of like really evil stuff that happened in that time period and it didn't work out very well <laughs> Not at all. for really anyone. Yeah. Um, unless you were like at the, in the 1% of people that had, so it's like the others, the other side of the, the spectrum where we're at right now. I mean, it turns out people, you know, every system seems great in theory until you involve people in it. And then it's, it's just like the, the social distancing measures that like people are like, well, what if you, you know, and what if venues had, you know, boxes on the floor and you had to stand in that box and listen to the show. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea yeah. <laughs> until you sell alcohol yeah. at that place. Or you just you just get people together and they're not going to listen to that. Because people, we want to be social. We're, yeah. we're wired to be social. We're not wired to sit in our room and have Zoom conversations all day. Yeah, It's I just agree. not the same. No. And 
I think VR will help with that. Um, I think that, but I don't know. I don't know if it could ever replace it. But I don't, I I mean, don't think so either. It, you know, five years ago, I would said there's no way a car can drive itself, and mine drove itself over here. So, yeah. <laughs> well, somehow I though I feel like, you know, human will always know mm-hmm. if they're interacting with someone else that's human or alive. Mm. You know, I don't completely put out of the realm of possibility the concept of interacting with an intelligent AI. You know, like the movie Her or something mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you do have a genuine um, intellectual bond, but, you know, the physical presence of being around somebody, you know, I mean, I don't go super into the woo-woo stuff, but like, I don't know. I some, some, in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like, I feel like you can feel, you know, yeah. someone else's presence Definitely. and, you Definitely. know, that. So, I don't know. There's got to be some way that we can work together with the machines, but, dude. Neuralink. So we're uh oh yeah Neuralink. There's an announcement about that on Friday. He's doing a really? live stream on Friday. They're doing like a live demonstration of it. Oh my yeah. God, really? Yeah, I'm that's excited. going to be. That's one of the ones that is just very very crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean just the implications of being connected to a computer, dude. That's oh being my able God. to think anything and like instantly know it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the Matrix, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Shit. Well, dude, we've been talking for like an hour and a half now. This is yeah. fantastic, yeah, and I'm sure we could do this like Absolutely. all day. Um, I'm. This is my longest episode for sure, but I'm stoked on it. Like, yeah, I could talk to. I could probably talk for seven more hours. I could yeah. talk to a brick wall. Yeah, I, I could to, tell, so, man. That's yeah. why I do this show because I can in tune. It's yeah. like I'm like, sweet. He's he's taking the wheel, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> cool. 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 Well, thanks a lot so much for coming on, man. Um, I'm gonna give you the chance real quick if you want to like plug, you know, your socials or uh, any significant websites or anything you want. Yeah. Um, my Instagram. All my socials are uh, FestiHeads, F-E-S-T-I-H-E-A-D-S. Um, my website is FestiHeads.com. Um, if you like festival gear, that's uh, it's kind of what I want to do with it. Right now, I just make helmets, um, cylinder-style, like kind of marshmallow-looking helmets. Um, but I've got I've recently started branching out into more stuff and plan on doing a lot more. So if that's your thing, uh, check it out. Awesome. Cool. We'll we'll plug that in the show notes as well. But dude, thanks again so much for being here. Yeah, it was a blast. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next time.